one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Well, welcome back, prospectors, to another episode of The Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community, finding the saltiest stories, your salty questions, your salty confessionals, put them in our little mind cart and bring them right back up to you, our dear listener. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. So hey, guys. What up, what up, what up? Hello. Tony. Yes. You're back. I'm back, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) and like back in in more ways than one like i think you actually only missed a few podcast episodes i think it was three and that's just because we've been recording doubles and we kind of unfairly recorded two on a night that you couldn't do one (laughs) (laughs) but back in a way where we can hang out with you again (laughs) (laughs) where we can play tuesday night magic exactly (laughs) we're gonna have a lovely like two to three maybe four weeks of tuesday night magic before my baby is born and you guys just never see me (laughs) (laughs) for sure yeah but the the seuss the seussening happened give us the recap yeah give us the recap like was it as bad as you thought highlights tell us the highlights it wasn't as bad as i thought it was gonna be I will say shout out to our Patreon series, Stray Grains. Everybody who's a Patreon member has a little bit more insight into how this has been for Tony. <laughs> the ups and the downs. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's, it's this is the thing with musicals, right? Like you work on them for months and it's like labor intensive. You're like going all the time. And then towards the end of it, you go every single day for lots of time. And then you do the shows and then boom, it's over. You don't, yeah. you don't see, you don't do it anymore. It's just, it's just gone. Poof. So all of a sudden I have like a fuckload of time again, which is great. But at the same time, like there's some elements of it that are sad, but I, I feel like, like partway through the run, I was like, I'm ready for this to be over. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's was like it funny though. Did people like laugh? Did people enjoy it? So I wish I could very firmly oh, no. say yes, which is what kills me. <laughs> the hesitation uh, already like spoke volumes. The thing is, this is a funny show. It's supposed to be funny. And like some of the audiences were just like pretty dead. And like Oof. they still were like laughing and like having a good time. But it's just like it feels even worse when you put all this time in. And that's like it didn't even pay off that much. Yeah, there's nothing But worse. like I still I met some awesome people like. So like that part of it is definitely good. And I'm happy to have done that. And like in particularly one of them, like she was like one of the leads in the show and has just like really been helpful for me. She's like not from here either. So she's like also a transplant from the West Coast. And she just like kind of gets me and like gets like what's going on and like has been a big help in like finding me friends, honestly, <laughs> which has been great. Uh, and so it's definitely a service purpose. At some point, I would like to do another show. Not sure if I'll do it with them or not. Probably will do it with them because it's close. Um, but it'll be like at some point in the future, not like now. Like wow. I need time to like get back to a life and and normalcy. 
got to decompress. We'll yeah, yeah. No music for a couple months. <laughs> well, that's I, I'll probably gonna start going back to barbershop. So we'll see. Hell yeah. But yeah, so it was good. I'm actually I just had my last barbershop rehearsal the other night. It was actually kind of sad. We like went and um we we missed a lot of it just because you know my wife's getting pretty pregnant. So we we sort of decided to like skip most of it and show up at the end. And they like raised a bunch of money for us to like pay for baby stuff. And oh, that's cute. Like everybody, they had like a speech and gave us like balloons, and it was just very sweet and and like really heartwarming. Yeah. But yeah, it was really cool. But it, it it's definitely sad to like not be doing some of the stuff that they have planned, like contest, and they're gonna go to Harmony University this year. And if you have no idea what that kind of stuff is, I'm like really just talking to Tony right now. So yeah, you probably don't know what this is either. Yeah, y'all rescue okay. can fuck off. This is yeah, but Sam and moment. Hey, come record another episode. We're just gonna talk about things you don't understand. <laughs> uh yeah, we'll talk about the birds and the bees next. <laughs> gotcha. Hey, Singer. Got Singer. <laughs> is that like that's the new Simic commander, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It like almost is. It almost is. <laughs> Some of those Simic commanders are really bumming me it's out. The birds and the beasts right yeah the birds and the beasts it's like is this the theme that simic has now they're like hey uh you know how we blue has flying creatures and green has like beasts hell yeah that that's what it is it's like cool so uncreative anyways well <laughs> after that let's get on into after that it. clumsy let's, ramble let's get into the mind baby yeah, let's fucking get into it let's go deep yeah so we're gonna be talking about salty stories salty posts we got some queued up here uh from our listeners from our patrons from people on reddit but sam before you proceed i must know what is this salt of which you speak wow impeccably delivered verily anthony <laughs> what a great question <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, but Loki never fucking called me Anthony. I'll kill you. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, great question, Tony. And thank you for asking in such a kind way. <laughs> salt is frustration in the game. You know, salt is something that happens when you have power level imbalance in your game, and maybe somebody runs away with it. And uh, their cards are a little bit too powerful. You can't really interact as well. You wanted some battle cruiser and just, you know, beer and pretzels kind of night. And they came out with the heavy hitting stuff and are really playing to win. Salt can come from a difference in mindset as well uh, in how people are playing and how, again, how like laid back or engaged they are. Sometimes you want to have a game that's pretty high octane, really playing some crisp interaction and really tracking your triggers and things like that. Maybe someone at your table is just not doing that. They're kind of playing sloppy, and you know that can be really frustrating and salt-inducing. Salt can also come from specific cards, specific win cons that are too tight that you don't feel are appropriate, or a combo that you just can't interact with, or maybe Voltron, and you get knocked out first, and you're just watching your friends play Magic for like 45 minutes. So salt can come from a bunch of different areas. That was very in-depth. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, that was like almost extensive. <laughs> almost extensive. <laughs> almost extensive. Almost all-encompassing. What more did you want? Uh, I don't know. Keep going. I think he was almost Keep saying going. he wanted less, actually. Oh, uh, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what do I do? Yeah, I mean, my contract says that 
once a month, I can just fuck off and kind of give a pithy response, be like, we already talked about it and get into the episode. And then every two months, I do need to give like a really in-depth one. Yeah, very mm. analytical, like, yeah, um, I got you. Like, thorough. where are the stats? Can get we get some it. stats on this salt? Like some data, some numerics? We actually haven't checked in with our stats in a while. Uh, GGG stats. Uh, we can't say that. We're going to get sued. <laughs> uh, command zone, don't come for us. Fair use. But it didn't we say, isn't it good if they if we get sued? Because that means they were listening. That is, yeah, there is some wisdom in that. Thank for you. For sure. Except for the getting sued part. Let's find out that they're listening through literally anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like an encouraging DM or something. <laughs> they're just monitoring our show for... It feels less real, though, you know? Fraudulent behavior. They're just... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we actually haven't checked in with our salt ratings in a while. And oh my God, guys. Oh my God, guys. I have not looked at the salt ratings in a while. Let me read them off. Mike, 6.1% salty. Mike has always been our least salty person. <laughs> Tony, 10.3% salty. Oh, nice. You know, you're up there, not super yeah. up there, but healthy you're up dose. There. Healthy dose. Healthy dose. Nick, 12.4% salt. Ooh, climbing. Ooh. He's climbing. And Sam, 12.3% <gasps> salty bay. Oh my God. I am no wow. longer the saltiest bay. <laughs> this is this is literally, this is literally the first time I have ever been. Not the saltiest player in our group. Yeah, and it's because we're not fucking playing right now. (laughs) I think it's because Nick, the last few games, Nick was just on a salt streak. He was like mega salty the last few times we recorded games. Well, we were also just like railing on him on his on his deck. (laughs) (laughs) Were you railing on him, Mike? (laughs) Like like fucking Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I mean railing you know like we're, we're, we're at you, that this is what you made you guys hear how he emphasized that railing them guys to like, the listener like, whoa mike this is our oh second God. episode tonight and we are punchy <laughs> <laughs> our, fir- our first episode was a guest episode and we like now we're just running on fumes baby no nah, i think it's because mike was railing nick at the last game he's you guys tired. played <laughs> he's tired he needs to rehydrate took a lot out of me <laughs> <laughs> oh god (sighs) but this is pretty amazing i don't think i've ever been in this position before so nick is officially the saltiest baby of our group you know give me like two more games and yeah sounds like i need to uh swords to plowshares alesha a couple times to really (laughs) balance this out right now oh man yeah probably sam chiming in from the editing room I have reclaimed my title. Um, I do also want to, I don't think we've ever read this stat, but the archiest of enemies. This is our arch enemy stat. Mm. You guys want to hear this? Nah, I do. Mike, 7.6%. Mike, he's just chill. Consistently at the bottom. I just don't yeah. like showing up low on the win stats. Rate, low win yeah. rate, yeah. <laughs> Truthfully, I think it's because Mike mutes his microphone way more than because <laughs> sometimes his girlfriend is like listening to tv or watching tv or something in the background so mike will like mute his microphone when he's not talking and i think because of that we miss a lot of salt <laughs> nick is at 11 percent 
mm-hmm. for archiest enemy, and he's tied with me for eleven. And Tony, the king, the archiest hey. of enemies, coming in at a whopping nineteen percent. Oh, that's baby. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> Just barely under one in five games. Tony that is pretty solid. <laughs> that's. Mm pretty amazing <laughs> uh, i love that man that's great good shit well shall we get into it guys let's Hell yeah all right let's do it so our first story comes to us from patreon and this one comes to us from one of our patrons dr black what's up dr black yo and i'll apologize starting this off because this has definitely been sitting in the patreon salt council channel for a bit it's a new year. We're making a better effort to dig through our Patreon posts. New so, year, new me. It's been a new year for like three months. <laughs> Mike, come on, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Ruining the continuity here. Sam, uh, make a note to edit right here. <laughs> Let's just take that clean. Um, yeah, it's been a new year and uh, we <laughs> had... <laughs> <laughs> kills me. Oh my god. We are not getting through this episode. <laughs> we are. We are. No I love this. <laughs> uh so this uh. post is titled Objectively, it was the correct play. And and literally the reason why this is so clearly an old post is because Dr. Black included the date and time in which it occurred. <laughs> Nice. So the date is December 24th, 2022. The time is 8.45 p.m. On this Christmas Eve, I sat down to play with my wife, a returning pod member, and someone I had just met, John Doe, mm. we'll call them. Johnny. We had played two games with this pod and decided to play another before the store closed for the night. The commanders in order were the ever-changing Dane, Perry, Millicent and Grand Arbiter. Yes, it was brought up whether this game was going to be stacks heavy. John Doe, the pilot of Grand Arbiter, assured that his deck was just a blink deck. I noted that Azorius blink decks aren't much better than playing against stacks. <laughs> he said that it was either this deck or his more high powered Urza Chief Artificer that can Oof. win without providing any time for interaction. So we shuffle up and play. As turns go by, I end up removing God Pharaoh's statue from John's field. In the same turn, I played a midnight clock. I won't sugarcoat the situation. I had an Esper Sentinel, Vega the Watcher, Kira, Great Glass Spinner, and Millicent out on the field. John Doe stated, my board looks scary. While sitting across from Neza Hall, the Dane, Athria Shrouded Veil, and a good chunk of fast mana. Sure. Anyway, John Doe proliferates my midnight clock then starts doing some math. He then plays Narset, Carter of Veils. He prevents any attempts at removal of the Narset or the Midnight Clock, either through table politics or counterspells. So, my hand gets stripped. I am now no longer enjoying the game. Not because of the play, because objectively, dealing with the Midnight Clock was the right choice. It was the kind of play, nasty play, that I think speaks more to the pilot than the deck, especially when I went to remove my own clock with Return to Dust and it was countered. From that point Mm. on, I was no longer playing the game to enjoy it. I swung out at John, 
who lacked creatures for the next three turns until he was knocked out. And then the game went to the Dane player. That's the story. Yeah. I mean, you're in your right. Someone decides to make you have a shit game. You are uh, allowed to make them have a shit game. Should we read Midnight Clock? Yeah, we should. We should. So Midnight Clock is a blue artifact. It costs two and one blue. Um, It is a man ability. Tap to add one blue. It has an activated ability. Two mana, one blue. Put an hour counter on Midnight Clock. And then it says at the beginning of each upkeep, put an hour counter on Midnight Clock. So it's constantly accumulating these counters. When the 12th hour counter is put on Midnight Clock, shuffle your hand and your graveyard into your library and draw seven cards and exile Midnight Clock. So it's basically like a slow rolled time twister. And I think everybody knows Narset Parter Veils at this point. We probably don't need to uh, read it top to bottom, but it is a blue planeswalker, costs three mana. It says opponents can't draw more than one card per turn. So <laughs> with a Narset, if you get hit with a Midnight Clock, your wheel effect, you're going to shuffle your hand and your graveyard into your library and draw a single card, basically top decking you for the rest of the game. You're but gonna get it's not fucked. even draw one card because you then lose your actual draw for your turn because that all happens in your upkeep. So you get completely hosed. You... Oh, dude. Yeah, that's that's way worse. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty brutal. Kind of spicy. <laughs> it, it is kind of spicy. <laughs> Why is it spicy? Why is it spicy? <laughs> it is spicy. Like <laughs> But it feels sorry, like Dr. a little Black. unnecessary in this uh scenario. And and it is kind of like you're just trying to fuck this person. You're trying to rail that person. You're trying to rail this person. <laughs> uh, I think the real tragedy is that after the if someone tries to remove their own piece in answer to something you've done to stacks them out, like at that point, <laughs> let them have it. To yeah. counter that is true, like true spite. And yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. That's the turning point for sure. You might need to counter something for like protecting yourself. You're not protecting yourself anymore with that counter. You're like just ruining someone else's game, which yeah. is, it's questionable. That's where it crosses over from like, spicy play to like evil plan you know (laughs) (laughs) where it's like because they play the midnight clock and then the narset comes down and it's like sweet in you know whatever it is four rotations around the table my evil plan will come to fruition and this person will lose their entire hand and basically be out of the game and then you're like okay how can i protect that i don't even think this was like four rotations i think this could have been like okay i play narset and then on your turn clock is triggering this may be coming, Narset may be coming down when there's already nine hour counters on clock. So it's just getting to your turn and you're stuck with it going off. Yeah. I mean, it is a spicy play. Like that kind of is the dream <laughs> when someone wheels for their own value and you're like, nope. And and especially with Midnight Clock, it is one of those things you can't stop once it's going, you know? Yeah, it's very telegraph. Aside from removing it. Um, but yeah, that's brutal, man. I, I would have done the same thing. Just attack into that player. I think that's your move. The, that is your out at that oh, point. I thought you meant you would have countered the uh, return to dust <laughs> to prevent the person from <laughs> losing their midnight clock. Well, I would have done that too. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I don't know if I would have done it to a stranger that I just met though. That's like yeah. pretty- On Christmas Eve? <laughs> On Christmas Eve. <laughs> fucking christmas eve dude i forgot about christmas it's like very fucking christmas yeah (laughs) 
What do we think about the salt rating here? Oh, it's so brutal. Now with Christmas in it's, my mind, instead it's of getting like, fucking cold, you just got a sack full of salt. Yeah, you <laughs> just, just like, like lumps of salt, me. man. That is, and honestly, like kudos to Doctor Black for even pointing out that it was the correct play. Because frankly, I don't know if that was the objective correct play in that move. It's like, yeah, it's somebody getting a fresh hand of seven is good, but is it so good that you connive? an evil plan against them for multiple <laughs> turns in a row. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Anytime you're spending more than like two pieces of interaction for somebody else's shit, just to do a thing. Like feels yeah. like a lot of yeah. resources. I think that doesn't even specifically win the game. A thing that just like gives some value. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it doesn't even knock Dr. Black out of the game. It just like depowers him and honestly puts a target on you. Like sometimes what happens in casual games is you have these moves where you sort of, I think you need to stop and think and be like, is this actually getting me the value I need? Or is this going to create an arch enemy situation with me and another player? And they are just going to gun for me for the rest of the game. Yeah. You target know? player discards five cards and attacks you for the rest of the game is not an effect I'm interested in <laughs> playing for two cards. <laughs> like, I don't yes. want that to happen. <laughs> that is such a good way of thinking about it, Mike. Like, just consider that that is printed on a card and that player must attack you for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. You're like, hmm. Now I don't want to cast it. Now no. That effect actually seems actively bad. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to pitch a counter spell in order to cast it. <laughs> yeah. Pitch two cards. Target player top decks for the rest of the game, but also must attack you every combat. <laughs> yeah, in that case, uh, I disagree with Dr. Black. I don't think that this is objectively the correct play. It's one of the things about playing with unknowns too. In a in a known group, you know that as soon as you try and make that happen with the clock, you're getting attacked for the rest of the game. Like you know that that's yeah. not going to stand too. And in the future game, I doubt this player is going to be as aggressive at removing, you know, or at hindering like a clock like this because that's just not worth it. Yeah, it just doesn't seem to be worth it, especially. I mean they even point out that this game went to another player, like neither of them won, you know, yeah. it yeah. seems it kind of smells like a blood feud situation that could have been avoided. Yeah. Well, shall we move on to another one guys? Let's fuck. Yeah. Please don't swear, Tony. Fuck. <laughs> All right. This next one comes to us from Reddit. There's a Reddit DM and comes to us from user runage. If you guys see user runage on the subreddits, give them an upvote. You know the drill. Spread that. Goodwill. And this post is titled, Playing with a Burgermeister of Politics. And it goes. Hi, Sam, Mike, and Tony. I am calling in from Australia with a story about playing EDH with my friend, Burger. I love playing with Burger but I occasionally get frustrated by how good he is at politics and deflecting removal away from his board. Mm -hmm. He doesn't normally bother me too much, but I have found myself reluctant to pull out my Brina deck or build a goad deck because they draw extra attention with him at the table. The one time I did get a little salty was when he convinced another player to remove my soul ring instead of his Ristic study. <laughs> now Lord. that 
That's just good politics. Oh, yeah. that's, that's I don't even fucking know fucking how that Jedi shit right yeah. there. This, this like, dude's going to be your next local politician. Like, yeah. Yeah, Jesus. And the, the story continues. I was playing an unmodified Osgear precon and had gotten off to a good start by sacrificing and duplicating my soul ring. Berger was playing a spicy but inconsistent Orvar deck. One of the other players dropped a harmonic sliver and Berger convinced the other player that I was the bigger threat. I spite-killed the sliver in response to having my soul ring targeted instead of patiently letting them dismantle my board and eventually get to kill the other player's boards. Needless to say, Berger comboed off for the win a few turns later. Love the podcast. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Hmm. One, I love that Burgermeister literally means mayor. So it's like straight up, like just chief, <laughs> like lead politician here. <laughs> yeah, that that is fantastic. <laughs> that that is just like I don't think, I don't think there's ever a world where soul ring mana is more advantageous than a fucking Ristic study on the board. No. Like I, I just I'm like kind of pausing as I talk because I just cannot think of a scenario. <laughs> I'm like You're trying like to rack trying my to, and you just can't. Yeah, I can't. I I mean, four mana. Even if someone had like six mana, I think the soaring is still a problem. You know, maybe if there's a notion thief on board, then the soaring is the target. But yeah. that's like it. <laughs> yeah, if you have a Narset partner available, yeah, if there's something that's like <laughs> even Narset, they could still draw a card a turn, so it's just not worth it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's just it just is. That that's some crazy politics. I'm actually really curious to like what did he say <laughs> to convince this sliver player? Yeah, I'm like wondering if I would be fooled if I was in the game with him. Yeah, would he right? get me to like? Are, are they a true Jedi? Maybe they really just are Jedi. Maybe they're handsome and tall. We we don't have that in our pod, so it's not a problem usually. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's really tall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nick is really tall. <laughs> oh baby so i kind of want to point out like spite killing the harmonic sliver i wonder if it would have been better to try to reverse politic in that situation and be like okay you can take out my soul rings but you should also get rid of the ristic study you know what i mean to like stop that advantage engine from going like, yeah. Unless their board presence was so strong that the Oscar player was like literally about to pop off, like in some crazy way. I feel like I get it though, because like in that moment, I would have done the same fucking thing. I would have been like, I'm like, fuck you. I'm gonna just do this now. Like, if you're gonna do that, <laughs> like whatever, fuck yourself. It's true. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have been able to just let the time be like, okay, well, now can you like that's probably the right thing to try and do, but. Yeah. There's too much rage in the way of that. Like, I mean, soul rings are so sacred. When someone fucks with your soul ring, it's like, what are you doing to me right well, now? Well, yeah, because like, half the time you'll keep a bad hand that has a soul ring in it. Like, sorry, it's it's a great hand with a soul ring. It's trash otherwise, you know? Yeah. It's your acceleration. Like, you needed it. Especially in Oz gear, you're like, oh, baby, this is about to be two soul rings. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Damn. that's fucking frustrating, man. That That is some... That's some powerful politics. And yet also impressive. Like, I feel like that's what's really getting me. Like, yeah. Like, is this guy doing coaching for <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> politics? Like, I'm I'm down to be taught. Like, uh, I don't know the time zone difference between Australia and here, but like, you know, let's we can let's make it work. It. Yeah, we can make it work. 
One of the things with politics though, too, is like, sometimes that's a single use thing. Like if, if someone becomes well known for politicking, they can get called on that just like on its face. Like Sam for a while was getting away with stuff by just like casually saying like, Oh, what if you targeted that instead? And people would be like, Oh yeah, good point. Good point. I will. (laughs) And I think we caught on like a few months, like a month or two ago. And now it's like, (laughs) it'll be like, Oh, you know, what if you do that? And we're all like, Oh, he's doing it again. (laughs) And now we're basically like, actually we're going to blow up something on Sam's board now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) that is partially why i wanted to read this one because i was like "Mm, i see a little bit of myself here (laughs) and and it's interesting with the goad deck and the brina deck too the the mention of that 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 like puts extra attention on the brina and goad deck player frankly i think those decks like draw a lot of aggro as people catch on to the strategy you know people don't like losing agency and being goaded feels like you lose agency yeah, and definitely, like 100%. Like with my my Marisi deck that I used to run, um, it was really powerful, but like the moment where I had the table in a lock where everything was getting goaded, all your creatures were coming in tapped, <laughs> you guys would be like raging and like forced to attack, but just waiting for the moment where you could unleash on me. And turn <laughs> after turn, it would just build and it'd be like, well, I guess I fucking have to attack nick or or tony again but i want to attack sam and then it was just like as soon as marisi was killed Once the floodgates and were go, open it was like, it's just... all right let's crush sam now yeah and even brina brina's a little bit more political in like an interesting way um where basically like your opponents attack if your opponents attack your other opponents they get to draw a card but Brina grows by plus two, plus two, or you get to distribute two plus one, plus one counters on your side of the board. Generally, you're putting it on Brina. And I remember playing my Brina deck and having like six really good games with Brina. Maybe that's even an over-exaggeration, maybe like three or four. And then after that point, you guys were like, yeah, fuck that. I don't need the card. I don't want Brina to be huge. Well, because it happened so instantly. Like it would go from like in one turn rotation all of a sudden you've got a fucking 10 10 over there and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) yeah it jumps up so fast and it's one of those decks that like you need to have a desperate player at your table to really get the value from it Mm. because if someone's not desperate for like to get a land or to like draw into a win con or interaction or something they're just not going to play into it you know what i mean and generally speaking like that's why i took that deck apart because I wanted it to be like my Marisi deck where it's kind of this political combat deck. And it's one of those things where like people see through it and they're like, oh, well, I just won't do that. And you're like, oh, well, now my commander is just a bird. That you got me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll draw a card and put a couple counters on her on my turn. Yeah. I mean, the value is still there, but it's not the same. It's not the same the first time you play and everyone's feeding into it. It's like, I want a card. Well, I'm going to get a card too. And I'm like, hey, yeah. my big old bird. <laughs> What do we think about the salt rating here on this one? Pretty salty for me, man. And certainly not a full shaker. Maybe, maybe half, maybe just like an overloaded salt packet. But I would be, I would be bummed out losing a soul ring over like a fucking Ristic Study, man. Like, I think we can all agree that Ristic Study is one of like the better cards printed ever. You know, it's like pretty okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Mike says I- with his. His Ristic study, 
It's not as good as two soul rings. I feel like this would make me so fucking mad. Bullshit on this like half packet bullshit. I'm saying that because he's like he is the other side of the equation here. Like, and all I'm totally saying is it sounds like you. this this burger guy is pretty cool actually, <laughs> and maybe correct. I think two soul rings actually is pretty bad, frankly. <laughs> It's uh yeah, I think this would be pretty high inducing salt for me. And like anytime something like this happens to me, I have the same reaction of like, well, <laughs> now I'm gonna fuck your shit up because you were stupid. And like I don't like it, <laughs> even though it's admittedly wrong. That's just what I'm gonna do. And the the times when you can find the most solace in your salt is when it does finally flip because eventually it will like we're kind of talking to it a little bit and it's like people will eventually like political themselves out of other deals because they just do it too much and then when that day happens and comes you're gonna feel so fucking good (laughs) that minute that like somebody else at the table advocates (laughs) and it's like actually i think that person is the problem you're just gonna like feel this this wave of emotion come over you and it's gonna be glorious so i don't have better advice other than to wait for that day but it'll come i promise you i kind of want to say that like i think our politics in our group is almost nearing this point where we are about to not have any politics you know what i mean because we're all so used to like being suspicious of each other manipulating each other to like change targets and remove certain things Yeah. that we're starting to get to this point where someone's like, if you attack me, you won't like it. And it's just like, well, I'm just going to fucking attack you. So yeah. like you can play or your it's card. Like the, next can turn. I attack you? Or the like, I'll give you a deal. And we're just like, you know what? No. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like you can remove <laughs> this other thing. It's like, yeah, but I'm removing this thing. And you're like, it's, oh, well. it's kind of circled <laughs> back just to like hard truths too. It's like, I'm going to attack you. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to remove it. And then someone attacks and then it gets removed. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> now we're both, now we're both yeah. grumpy about yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like I love politics. I think it's really fun. Obviously we're talking about how I play politics pretty hard. Uh, but also I think there is a benefit to sometimes just being like, cool, play your game. Yeah. Like, Oh, you're going to do that. Great. Then you can do it. Play your game. Yeah. I think the thing that this fringe is on, doesn't fringe on thoroughly steps into that is super salt inducing to me is like there's a difference between politics and threat assessment and they play on each other but when someone seems to just be straight up actively having bad threat assessment that's really frustrating and if someone can politic their way into another playing haver oh if someone can politic their way into another player having a partner we were past it, Tony. We were past yes, it. Yes, make me record this episode. <laughs> Thank you. This is on the schedule. Thank you. Okay. Mike is a sleepy boy. Let's throw it out there. Let's put it on the record. Mike's a sleepy boy. He's going to go to sleep in four hours. Yeah, in four hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean I'm not sleepy. I'll stand by that. Uh, the... Uh... Like the point where another player has made someone's threat assessment bad, you just sitting there feeling like, how has this person duped you? It's like your your friend has been taken over by the evil force and you're like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to remove your harmonic sliver, but I've got to do it. It's like that just feels bad. And then eventually it'll have that like, you know, 
epic fantasy storyline moment where they're like, no, I can't possibly do it. This guy is the one messing with my head. And then like every game action from then on out is killing that player. Gandalf the gray casts off his robe and it's Gandalf the white. And that dude's (laughs) like, (laughs) (laughs) we all know the scene. (laughs) Can't wait to oh, reenact it in MTG in a couple yeah, months. <laughs> exactly. I can't wait for that mono white instant uh, cast off your robe and you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> And then you rail your pod partners. <laughs> oh, my god. oh my god, we can't. Now the more jokes we make about that, that means the I have less to keep we can that segment it out. in. Exactly, <laughs> we're definitely keeping it in. Was there a thought we were moving it? Yes, <laughs> it's gonna go in the fucking episode title. Are you oh, kidding no. me right now? That, that's not that's gonna happen. Not happening. That's where I still retain final creative control. <laughs> it is not happening. Something, something, and railing. <laughs> Oh, certainly I can not. see it now. Oh man, <laughs> Tony bats like thirty percent with with some of these episode titles. He'll be like, "Can we can we put like raisin fucker in there?" And it's like <laughs> we didn't even say that. We didn't even say that in the episodes. Like, yeah, but it's fucking funny. Is that too long? Is that gonna make it too long? <laughs> every week, every week that happens. <laughs> I uh, broke my Cantoni. <laughs> Are you guys ready for another one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should record more episodes at this time. It's so no. chaotic. It's if it doesn't great. start with Brazen Fucker, though, then I think we've done it wrong. I know. Well, now, see, now it's I've really, it's a monkey paw situation. I fucked myself. Now it's going to say that <laughs> in the title. <sighs> so this next salty story comes to us from a Gmail submission Mm. and this is from user church 1d and the post is titled salty story and they say hello i just discovered your podcast and i absolutely love it really nice job so funny and insightful Hmm. wow did you guys know that we're insightful (laughs) sam edits in a couple extra like praising lines at the beginning (laughs) of all of these submissions (laughs) what a deep and sexy voice wow (laughs) thanks jeez Every single Gmail is just Sam yeah. emailing us from from burner accounts. From, yeah. I was like, whoa, wow. Do you guys see that Gmail that just came in? Pretty, pretty cool. Mostly just accolades, but wow. No, they did actually say that. Thank you for the kind words. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, and we're glad that you enjoy the podcast. And the story continues. I was playing EDH as Cardor Doom Scourge. I love the goad mechanic. It's funny, we were just talking about this. But sometimes it's tough to finish off the last player. True. This particular game, it was down to me and one person. I had nothing in hand, and they had a huge army of 4-4 angels. I was done for. I motioned towards a friend of mine, the second player to get knocked out, and said, oh man, he's screwed, all while showing him the single card in my hand. A mountain. Like I said, I had nothing. Well, the player with the angel army doesn't attack me and simply passes the turn. I was confused. You're not attacking me? Nope, pass turn. But you have lethal on board. I think you have some damage reversal spell. I totally bluffed him, which I wasn't expecting because I'm not exactly a pro tour poker player. No shit, 
The next card I draw was Mob Rule to end the game <laughs> by stealing his angels and killing him with his own army. He was pissed. This particular game was for a promo pack, which I gave to him because I felt bad. But maybe I shouldn't have. Am I the asshole or is this the kind of deception part of Commander? Thanks, Church 1D. We found Burgermeister. Jedi mind tricks on this turns a single mountain I I do love that like an inside joke with your friend next to you like turns into this victory though to be like "Eh, wow look at my hand that dude's totally screwed and then they're like oh my god like angel player just starts sweating like what could he have what is in that hand (laughs) I don't know you're not the asshole here and you should have taken the pack definitely yeah. like yeah. Hunt, that, you earned that pack you earned that shit like <laughs> people have to play it out you know make them have it like yeah or, or at least like send put them down to lethal like put them down to one or something like do something to try and uh even it out I, that seems like a weird play to just straight up do nothing and also like a damage reversal spell in rakdos card or doom scourge I don't, I can't think of any. Most damage reversal spells are like Settle the Wreckage or um, Comeuppance or something. And I think they're mostly mono white. Deflecting Palm. If not Boros. Repercussions, is that an instant uh, enchantment? I mean, yeah, Repercussions repercussions. is an enchantment. Hmm. Yeah, hard to say. I don't think there really could be anything that would like reverse all the damage in those colors. But hey, that's a fucking good ass bluff, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, you done did it. It's the best mountain it, you've ever drawn. Yeah. It's also though, like, what else are you gonna do? Like, what are you like waiting for? Yeah. You know, like on your As next turn, are you gonna draw? Yeah, are you gonna draw something that's gonna help you? Like, <laughs> that's probably a really good point. not. Yeah. Like, why? Why wait another turn? Like, like if they yeah. already have the answer in hand, you're just gonna stall yeah. until they what discard it because they've yeah. drawn eight cards <laughs> <laughs> without anything playable yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think in that point you i mean it depends on the board state but i think in that point you like attack with part of your board if you were really worried about that enough to kill your opponent not enough to kill you or enough to like put a dent in them just so you're still doing combat damage you know what i mean mm. Yeah, definitely just seems odd to do straight up nothing. And for those who don't know, Mob Rule, this is a favorite of our friend Brett. Brett's like Pat, where he rotates into our playgroup. Not as often as Pat, but uh, every once in a while he comes in. And Brett has this like control play style that is kind of baffling to all of us. Because none of us play this way. And he will frequently win with like a Mob Rule or like a comeuppance or something like that. And we're just like... We're always caught with our pants down. Like I think every time he's played with us, he's he's won almost every single time with some weird effect like that. So Mob Rule is a, a six mana sorcery. It costs four and two red, and it says choose one, gain control of all creatures with power four or greater until end of turn. Untap those creatures; they gain haste until end of turn, or gain control of all creatures with power three or less until end of turn. Untap those creatures and the, and they gain haste until end of turn. So you're really either grabbing like the biggest creatures on the board or the smallest creatures on board and attacking with them. So if someone has a bunch of four, four angels, pretty, pretty great board to play this into. It's a solid top deck. Very good. So what do we think about this all writing here? 
I mean, it's pretty high. Like we can start with just the fact that there's packs on the line uh, that yeah. that elevates the salt levels. It makes and a competition then, level, but that makes pub stomping okay because you can't pub stomp in competitions. Don't bring it up. Don't do it. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. When we were at Magic Thirty, no, please, bro, please, no. bro. We were at Magic Thirty in Vegas. <laughs> Tony and I played in a two-headed giant event, and quite frankly, we stacked the deck. We stacked the deck in our favor, and I don't, I don't mean the physical deck, folks. I mean with our strategy. That's right. We were playing Bant Voltron and Bant Control. Yeah, we uh, came to rail our opponents, and that we did. There we were. Rafik Raylan and Rubinia Raylan. <laughs> Caught with your pants down. Pants were down. I was going to say, I tried to behave because when you said that for Brett, I wanted to be like, then he railed us, but I didn't. <laughs> oh, man. This is the episode. This is the episode where everyone... Hashtag episode title. No, it's so not. <laughs> it's so not. This is unlistenable. <laughs> You guys were so grumpy at me for mostly Mike for being like we have to record. I'm not video. grumpy. I'm here for it. I'm like yeah, let's it fucking Mike. go, it was baby. Fully Mike, I'm, <laughs> there's I was a duality kind. here. I can be both. <laughs> and here we are recording something that's unlistenable. I don't think it's unlistenable. I think it's kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> I also think it's good. I actually think it's funny that I say it's unlistenable. It's like a little joke. It's like a little oh, joke. Okay. Joke, okay. You know, Sam, edit edit that part out. Yeah, that I, I just said so that I sound cool. <laughs> well, certainly not that. <laughs> certainly not that. Never that. <laughs> Never that. Uh, if anything, Sam, a note for the future edits. It makes Tony sound more lame. <laughs> and it's some like fart sounds in there. Fucking good luck, bitch. <laughs> Are you just admitting it's impossible to make you sound lamer? <laughs> We are so unhinged right now. Oh yeah, my god! What are, we, what are we even, even saying? About? Is it that time of the week? Is this our second or third question? I think it's our third. That was our third. Okay. Um. Do we do salt ratings? Yeah, that's what I asked, and then we like talked about it. Yeah, I think it's salty. What about you guys? It's <laughs> a salty, salt. salty situation. Salt. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, I think I think the post title was pretty accurate. Salty story. I think that kind of describes it well. Yeah, you guys. Such a fucking Is it that time of the week? Which time? Yeah, what time? What time of the week comes every motherfucking week? Ooh, I think it might be that time of the week, Tony. Yeah, like all the fucking time, bro. Like, well, I'm feeling it right now. I mean, we just said it's only once a yeah, week. Yeah, but so all, it's not the time, all the time, all the time, once a week. You know, <laughs> this is you some know like sixty percent of the time it works all the time. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yes, I think it is that time of the week, Tony. It's that time of the week where we say, Mike, 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 Mike. What's the salty card of the week? I'm glad you asked. The salty card of the week this week. S is for the way you suck each game. <laughs> A, you always are the one to blame. L, for laughing at me when I misplayed badly. T, you piece of trash, you motherfucking piece of trash. Oh, salt. Is ah. all that I can give to you. To who? Salt. 
<laughs> it's more than just a game, you fool. Salt, it's what I'm bringing. When we're cardboard slinging salt, I rage and then I scoop. <laughs> you spent so much time on this. Is this the one you like cooked up a couple weeks ago? Yeah. And you were like, I've got one, guys. I knew it. <laughs> I had a feeling that was coming. That's the one, like, when I was driving to my tattoo appointment, I, like, could not stop singing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a great song, too. I like that song a lot. Yeah, it's it nice. is. Yeah. So that's S-A-L-T by uh, Sam. <laughs> Howling Salt Mine Sam. Nice. You like that? Follow that up, Mike. Salt card of the week this week is oh, is that what we're doing right thief. now? <laughs> Wait, say it again. What over. <laughs> Mike, what is it? What's the salt card? The salt card of the week S- this week is he's fu- <laughs> <laughs> Oh Mike, Mike left. Mike, Mike left. Oh my god, Mike oh, left the meeting. I actually love the fact that he actually left. Wow. It's not even a joke, fans. He just like left the whole thing. Yeah, but he he's, left like the whole coming thing. back, right? Like uh I think I can do it. I actually heard what it was. I think he said notion thief. Yeah, so the salty card of the week this week is Notion <laughs> Thief. Uh, Notion Thief is a four mana cost human rogue. It costs two colorless, a blue and a black, and is a 3-1. It has flash, and it says, if an opponent would draw a card, except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, instead, that player skips that draw, and you draw a card. Yeah. Tony, let's start with you. <laughs> oh my bad guys so tony so tony does this make you salty this card oh, no. definitely makes me salty oh mike welcome back oh hey oh. i did it for the bit and then there was a zoom update <laughs> <laughs> all right so the salty card of the week this i read week. it already i read it already boo the whole thing I read the whole card. <laughs> oh, let him read it, Sam. Let yeah, him read, you can read it. it. Fine. I'm leaving it all in, but you can read it again. <laughs> no, it's okay. If you read it, we're good. You I'll can just at least go fuck myself then. <laughs> <laughs> you can at least ask us if we're salty. No. No, I know you are. We can move on. Close it up. Wrap it up, Sam. <laughs> and that's it for the salty card that's of the no. week. Yeah, that's the part I'll do. No, no one interrupts no, no. that we part. Actually, that's do it for the it. salty card of the week, folks. Thanks for playing. Oh, we have to do it. We have to okay. do it. The so saltiest card there is. The... <laughs> this card definitely makes me salty. Um, don't love it, especially because it's like it's instant speed, right? So it like comes down when you're not really expecting it. Usually when somebody's like playing a wheel or something and yeah. it's usually pretty out of nowhere it's coming down like on the trigger for yeah sure. and we used to have it happening a lot in our pod and i think we don't anymore i think actually more interesting is like the interaction when multiple get played mm-hmm. so like one person slaps one down and they think they're about to get it and then somebody else slaps one down and then it gets like fucking confusing and weird um but overall i definitely feel salt when this happens because you're just getting denied resources right that's always the Mm-hmm. at the core of these types of things and like yeah. cards are like the resource so getting denied that really hurts and like not even denied somebody else is getting it instead like they're gaining from your 
what was supposed to be mine. <laughs> so that's my thoughts. <laughs> nice. I don't know if we asked Sam already, so I guess we, oh, we can did ask. it. <laughs> okay. How do you feel about this one, Sam? This card doesn't make me too salty, but I also think that it has something to do with the fact that we're just not seeing it played as much anymore. Um, it used to be super salty. When Hull Breacher was big in the CDH meta, mm. I feel like most of our decks were on playing wheels more often. Um, and we just had more like prevalence with wheeling and playing cards that create or deny value off of playing wheels. And at that time, like Notion Thief would come down like probably every other game. I was playing some like Grixis wheel shit. And eventually was playing, uh, you know, like Freeze Thief and stuff like that. And, and Eureka. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Eureka as well. I, say, I think it came out in Eureka and it came out in my Circu Demir Lobotomist deck. And in Nick's Tassiger deck. So I think yeah. we were all like pretty high on Notion Thief. Nowadays, like four mana is kind of a lot. And yep. wheels are less prevalent with Hull Breacher no longer around. I think like the whole meta has shifted away from that outside of like breach lines. And even then, it's not really needed for breach lines anymore. Whereas like breach wheels used to be really big. And nowadays, it's mostly like, okay, you're on brain freeze. You know, like those those combos are getting tighter. So I just don't see it too much anymore. But when it does come out, it's super salt inducing. Mostly because you wait to drop it for like a big value draw. And, you know, you're just denying someone something big. W whether it's a wheel or not, like it, it's coming down, it's making a big impact. Yeah. How do you feel about this card, Mike? I think I agree. I think the time that it can be really salt-inducing is when there's a big stack of draw on the board. But it's kind of one of those things where, for the most part, it's like a one-trick thing. You know, it comes down, it grabs the draw, and then people are trying to not play into that draw as much as possible from then yeah. on out. It can be really frustrating if there's like a unavoidable draw trigger. Like Esper Sentinel isn't a May, so then anytime someone is triggering esper sentinel they're giving the notion thief play or something and like crom as notion, well yeah crom as well so there are definitely these situations where it can be really frustrating but it also does usually lightning rod removal because people want to draw their cards so you're, you're usually not the only person trying to get rid of it which can kind of alleviate some of the salt but it is also one of those situations where it's like you mentioned it sam it's four mana so it's quite a bit yeah. For me, the salt there is always like I line up to get a big draw and I'm staring at four open mana and I still play into it. And then someone <laughs> notion thieves me. And I'm like, ah, this sucks. It's funny because I feel like these days in CDH, one black mana is way more threatening than like one black mana and one blue mana being up. Because with one black mana, I'm ready for the dark ritual into a opposition agent. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Which I feel like is like the spicy play that happens a lot. Whereas it used to be Dark Ritual into the Notion Thief, but that just it just doesn't really happen as much anymore. Um, it is a 3-1, so I do think that it's like extremely fragile. Mm -hmm. The other thing that makes me salty about it is that I always think Opposition Agent is a 3-1 because <laughs> of how similar they are, but Op Agent is a 3-2, and that's irritating. True. Where, oh, where does it sit on the list? My guess is 54. Hmm, interesting. 54. Sam, where do you think this lies? 
I think this probably is a little bit above 50. I think 47. Hmm. Interesting. You said, I think it's a little above 50. And then you said 47. Hmm. Well, one is the top. You're fucking trash. <laughs> Where well, is it? I love Sam's... how serious this section has been. <laughs> Ever since Mike logged out and came back in, we're all like, oh, it's podcast time now. <laughs> before we've before that, we've just been like three gremlins like shrieking <laughs> at each other. Uh well, Sam's streak is finally ruined. Uh Tony got this one delay by the narrow margin of course this is actually card 100 in the top salt oh wow yeah. oh my god yeah this is the last one that makes the cut onto the no salt cards list not yeah, what is, i would have guessed that is, yeah i thought it would be way higher because i feel like this can hose people so hard in a casual game mm-hmm. weird i guess only degenerates run it in casual games uh, remember that in your <laughs> anawan build yeah, hide, hides my Anawan deck under the desk. What do you mean? Interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. 100, yeah. huh? I think this card may be one that does not see a lot of play in casual. Um, because this is in, this is about in 11% of decks uh, on EDA track. And I think we've sort of found a little bit of like something around the CDH, the, the number of the CDH decks in EDH rec, maybe somewhere around there. Cause like things that yeah. we consider like kind of staply CDH cards, we end up seeing in something around like 11 to 15% of decks. So I think this might not be getting that much casual play. Yeah. I think there's also something that has to do and granted I'm not well-versed in like how EDH rex algorithms compile things. I'm pretty sure that they look at the date that decks were last changed or published and eventually weed out old decks. But there is this thing that exists in CDH, uh, specifically with deck building, where a lot of people will copy a popular deck and then make like two card swaps. And now that is like, you know, an independent, unique deck per the system. Mm -hmm. So you may have like 6,000 versions of Freeze Thief back in the day um, that, you know, all ran Notion Thief but 6,000 different players had copied it over and made a couple card swaps. And now it's like they're, you know, quote unquote, unique brew versus mm -hmm. people building a deck whole cloth and choosing to add in notion thief. So I think like the numbers when it comes to CDH cards do skew in like a really weird way. Like sometimes you can check out a commander. Like this happens to us a lot. We'll check out a commander on EDH rec. And one of us will be like, is there a CDH build with this? Because you start going through it and it's like, Mana Crypt, Mana Vault, Mox Amber, Lotus Petal. And you're mm -hmm. like, okay, someone is brewing a CDH deck with this. There's a bunch of brewers on that right now, all like tinkering on similar lists. And it's like skewing the numbers like crazy, you know? Yeah. I also think that there's something to be said of this being like feeling very demure. Like it's blue black. If someone has blue black and two open, like this feels like an effect that demure might be able to do. Like, snag yeah. your draws you know so it it doesn't have kind of that unexpected it does that it has flash but it doesn't have that like oh i don't think your deck would be able to do that effect that things sometimes do mm -hmm. uh like mass land destruction in white it's like oh that's something that your color is gonna do like i don't see that uh whereas this is much more kind of on color pie and four open mana is just over the line 
where I don't think it's like a reasonable amount to keep up at the end of your turn <sighs> yeah. without suspecting heavily that you've instant speed bullshit going on. Mm-hmm. Like if someone ends their turn with one or two open mana, it's like, okay, maybe they got something going on. Who knows? If they end with three, I'm a little bit more suspicious. If they end with like four or five or six, I'm like, okay, like some big shit is going to come down. And yeah, you better have a mana sink on board for that or you're clearly doing something or like heavily telegraphing like a psych rift or something that's coming, um, which happened to us pretty recently playing Mm -hmm. against Nick. So I I think that stuff kind of becomes a little bit obvious and maybe that's why Notion Thief I don't know. It's just a weird cost. Four is a lot these days, whereas it used to be kind of fair. Well, that wraps up the uh, the salty card of the week. Well, thanks, Mike. That was a great salty card of the week. Uh, wish you could have been here for when we read it. It was really Me cool. Me too. Me too. <laughs> and thank you to our listener. Uh, if you made it this far into this chaotic episode, <laughs> we appreciate you guys tuning in. If you want more Howling Saltmine content, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Howling Saltmine. We have a monthly show, Extra Salt, that comes out. That's where we are answering listener questions, doing deck techs, just kind of talking about whatever, talking about how we got into magic, things like that. Then we have our Stray Grain series, which is a short form series. Uh, These are small, shorter episodes. Generally, they're like three to five, maybe 10 minutes with some of these ones that are longer. And they're just little bits and little side alleyways that we walked down an episode that didn't quite make the final cut. Uh, Some of these conversations are probably some of the funniest things we've done, quite frankly. (laughs) And um, it's got this kind of NPR vibe that we really dig. If you have a question that you would love to be featured on a future episode or a salty story or a salty confessional, email it to us at our Gmail thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com or DM it to us on any of our social media. We are Howling Salt Mine on Twitter and The Howling Salt Mine on Reddit and Instagram. Lastly, if you haven't already, a five-star review really does go a long way. Uh, it increases our visibility and it, it really just helps people naturally find the podcast in the various podcast algorithms out there. So that can be super, super helpful for us. We also have merchandise now. Check out our bonfire store. We have the classic Howling Salt Mine logo, our podcast logo. You can get out a shirt, a crew neck sweater, a hoodie, a crop top. We have the borderless logo, super sexy and cool. And we also have our blue is a trash color shirt uh, to really proclaim your hatred of blue or your love of being a trash person. Because <laughs> <laughs> fuck blue. Lastly, we have to shout out J.D. Burnett, our podcast artist, for gifting us this beautiful podcast art that we have. If you're ever in Asheville, North Carolina, hit up J.D. and get a tattoo. He's a really cool dude. Thanks again, everybody. And as always, stay salty. And don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the Mike, I'm sorry I read the Notion Thief card. No, you, it's you okay. You could have done it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's He's right. not fucking sorry. I feel so bad now. <laughs> you, you like came back and you're just like, 
Like, okay, I guess we just talk about it now. Like, oh, I thought there would be like a funny blooper of you guys being like, "Oh, he's really gone!" Like, haha, what a dummy! And then I come back, and you're like, "We carried on as if nothing had happened." Like, oh. Well, you were gone for like two minutes. It was a Zoom update. <laughs> like, like you left, and we were just like, "All right, I guess we just keep reading." <laughs> It's okay. I didn't know I if you were going to come I back. Leave, I, I won't leave to, for the bit in the future for I sure. I you to pop back immediately. <laughs> me, too, you... me too. Me <laughs> too. Good hustle. Good hustle, guys. Yeah. Also, I have to say, my fucking... <laughs> so the one thing that did happen this whole time is like, they fart a shit ton, Thelma and Louise. Oh my like, god. This room like smells. Like, <laughs> I left and I was like, oh my god, fresh air. Like, oh Thelma and Louise, raunchy as fuck. Don't give a shit. Honestly, man, that's one of the things that does keep me off of dog ownership. I feel like in general, it's more arduous. There are pluses and minuses. You know, you get to bring yeah. your dog with you places. I can't really bring my cat with me anywhere. <laughs> but also at the same time, I don't have to bring my cat with me anywhere. But man, like cats don't fart. Or I've never met a cat that does. But dogs <laughs> dogs definitely dogs definitely do. Dogs be beefing. And I yeah. don't mean like starting arguments. They're usually silent but deadly, but there's been many a time when Louise, it's like you it's very audible. <laughs> It's kind of funny, but at the same time, I'm like Louise. It's usually also like I'm, I'm, I'm like hugging her, giving her love, and then boom, farts. <laughs> oh man, farts are fucking funny. Yeah, I got no one uh, to blame for my stinky office but myself. <laughs> I just had to like turn the heat down because I forgot that I like cranked it up. And during that last episode we recorded, sweating. I was just like sweating towards the end. Thank, some thank God I didn't ass. look like it, but I was like, oh my God, I'm like dying right now. Like, thank God. Comedian would have been really upset if you looked like you were sweating. Be like, oh, Sam, can you turn your camera off? Actually, you're kind of <laughs> gross. Good. Your face is fucking disgusting. <laughs> and if you want more Howling Saltmine content, check out our Patreon. HowlingSaltmine.com slash. Wow. That's not it. patreon.com slash howling salt mine uh we have i'm so fucking branded give me a minute just copy and paste the ending from i can't one into this one and then delete the part where he's gonna be a crazy one to edit but so clean to edit but it's gonna be fucking really funny though (laughs) it feels like a good one it does feel like a good one Um, and lastly we got to shout out jd burnett thank you uh jd our podcast artist Lastly, this episode will have like 20 minutes of bloopers. 30 minute episode, 20 minutes of bloopers.